BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Fargo Podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for Fargo on FX slash Hulu. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Fargo season one, season five, episode one and episode two. We're going to get them both in here because they released on the same day uh, for people, you know, 100 years from now listening to this podcast came out the same day. Uh, Tragedy of the Commons and Trials and Tribulations are the titles of those episodes. Uh, Aaron, it's been a long time since we've covered Fargo and I remember Fargo being pretty good most seasons being funny being exciting how did you find that this season so far has been that or what was your take on it it's interesting because I feel like uh at old Fargo Industries Noah Hawley got a lot of complaints from the customer base about season four so uh the text responded by factory formatting Fargo back to its uh original settings it's uh-huh. it's fully back to the season one, season two kind of era Fargo in terms of its sensibilities and maybe a little bit of season three uh, mixed in. Uh, I, here's the thing. I was a little taken aback because I was expecting this season to be a lot funnier. And this season is, if it's funnier than any other season of Fargo, I can't really detect it. There was a couple of laughs. There was a couple of visual gags like... There is the ridiculousness of John Hamm's character, his his lawman, sure. his constitutional sheriff Roy. But like, I don't know, he's not a very funny guy, you know. No, uh, not at all. It's uh, it's it's a weird. It's it's. I, I don't know. I don't know how you do um parody. Uh, I don't know how you parody a culture that you're living in. It's like when we went back in like some of the seasons, early seasons of Fargo. You know, we're talking a decade ago. Noah Hawley's talking about the theater of the absurd, right? And these French existentialists that were living through the invasion of Nazi Germany and and uh, uh, Eastern European writers that lived under the Eastern, you know, the the communist bloc and how like arbitrary and absurd their society was, and like the the idea that there's this whole play where the author um, sees his neighbors as becoming these rhinoceros-like beasts around him. And I'm like, man, that's, that'd, be, that'd be fucked up, right? And and here comes 2023, 2024, where it's like, we... Obviously, this country is, like, bitterly divided along a lot of different lines. And we're not even seeing, like, eye-to-eye on reality. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure there is a way to parody that. I mean, Charlie Chaplin managed to make Hitler pretty funny. Uh, mm-hmm. back in in the the, the 30s um, so I, I know you can do it I just don't know if this is doing it because um, this felt very uh, this felt very serious with a couple of like pauses for laughter here and there 
Um, and I was expect. I guess I was. I I sat down with a big smile on my face, and I was like, "Oh hell yeah! It's going to be the big Lebowski season. This is going to be the raising Arizona season." And the Holly's Fargo name, season. yeah, Fargo season even is is, is kind of baseline funnier than this. And mm-hmm. those series are all dutifully name checked, but oh, Holly yeah. is just kind of putting his head down and going straight forward with the thing that he wants to do and we'll see if it's successful but i i a lot of my reaction is like this is not the fargo i was expecting and i don't yeah i don't know that's 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 my my bottom line so far i i'm with you there there is a difficulty bar that they're trying to hit with parodying the society we're currently living in because a lot of these characters i think out of the context of this of like living through this situation would be funny they because they are very quirky right i think yeah. like there there are so many quirks on these characters but they're quirks that i look at and i go they're they're either abrasive because that's their personality or they're hitting so close to home that it feels I, i'm a little sensitive to it and so i can't laugh too much at it um yeah i think there are definitely funny moments and a couple of times I, I laughed out loud, um, but it was never the stuff that like it was the parody part of it or the, the satire, really. It was more incidental stuff um, or, or just, you know, straight up kind of ridiculous stuff like John Hamm standing up out of his hot tub uh, completely nude. That was pretty moist repose. <laughs> his moist repose. Yeah, uh, that, that stuff's. It is funny from time to time, but it's not nearly as funny as I expected based on the things that it's pulling from, right? Also, and I, you know, as a guy that lives in the Midwest and lives in these battleground states, I just just went through where the, you know, oh my, there's always crazy stuff happening in Ohio. I I just don't know how, I I don't have any confidence in Noah Hawley's going to say anything super smart or insightful about the situation. You know, it's like it's it feels like for Noah Hall, I don't know that I've ever gotten anything but like preaching to the choir, which is just that's fine. That's fine. But like I always yeah. prize the stuff that's like able to, you know, at least get people who are maybe are not as engaged. Like, like I, I don't know what I'm looking for, but like someone who is able to say something a little bit more insightful than just common, you know, what's going on today, because. I how I don't know if raising Arizona would be as funny as it was if like the country were actually plagued with a you know half the states menaced by supernatural biker bounty hunters. Sure, you know what I mean. So like, I mean the quirks it, are are hitting a little too close. To yeah, all of these if there was sixty five million uh, supernatural uh, bi- b- biker bounty hunters going around with grenades tossing them through all like we uh, well raising Arizona. Yeah, if this was not, Australia, not, not quite as right? not quite Does as Mad fucking Max funny. Hit- <laughs> does mad max hit the way you want it to or is it too close to home uh <laughs> no yeah the irradiated wastelands of australia uh-huh, uh-huh. uh it's too bad too bad that they never made it into the 21st century and, and i can't tell if it's that that's getting to me or if it's just straight up not as funny because i feel like yeah. there are moments of comedy in there that that punctuate it, but it's not trying to be a big Lebowski. It's not trying to do comedy at every turn. It's, it's, it's yeah, the, the rhythm of it is nothing like that. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, like I said, it it feels like it's a it's a very dour drama that every once in a while remembers. Oh right, we're kind of like trying to do something whimsical in the Cohen line, and they'll throw, and you know, it's like I don't know, you get an eye patch wearing lawyer and. 
You get uh, Jennifer J- Jason Lee doing kind of her HUD proxer or uh, whatever that yeah HUD sucker is. proxy accent and Fargo. It's like and there's like I said, there's some stuff like that that it kind of works, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. And I, I, I the other thing is I got from the reviews from the critics who've seen the entire season or at least most of it that this is a fairly slow start to the season and it gets kind of progressively more unhinged and kind. I don't okay. know if it's zanier or crazier just just unhinged but um i also kept on thinking like why two episodes um i i don't and it's usually because like the first two episodes don't have like a you know like they're worried that oh my god if we go this one episode there's not a hook you know we forgot Mm -hmm. to put the hook in or something but I, i almost feel like the first episode was a better end you know, like her, like the the mystery of like you know her just frantically mixing the pancakes. Why is she doing this? Why is she in denial? What is? Yeah, what's her because background here? There was so much information dropped in the second episode where it's like it just comes out and it's like, yeah, Roy's her ex husband, uh, or maybe current still husband, and also most likely Scotty is his daughter. Like I, I don't know. I, I yeah, felt and like... so much of what they did in that first episode was given away by the trailer. Um, just plot wise that I didn't feel like I actually got any real information in that first episode and it wasn't the hook that it should have been because I'd already seen the trailer which told me everything that that first episode does essentially yeah and like even then it's like people are talking about this being home alone and I I guess it is but it's very grim home alone you Uh know it's not like like people are in pain and and dying in, in realistic ways and there's policemen being <laughs> well, shot that's up. That's very Fargo, and, right? It's like yeah, Fargo it is and very Home Fargo. Alone. But like Fargo and Home Alone, maybe that's not something that you want to mix, you know? Yeah. Like if I give you a know. chocolate milk piss sh- mixer, you're gonna be you're gonna be like, oh, that's sure. a, that's a those are two chocolate great. Chocolate milk is tasty, but hmm, do you need the piss? Yeah. <laughs> It's not quite chocolate and peanut butter, you know. I, I so like I said, I and the other thing is like I also got to say that I I've seen both these episodes twice in less than a twelve year uh, uh, period because they did I, we weren't able to get screeners for this show and they did set us up for two episodes right going into the holiday weekend and I got to leave for Indiana and I was like so like there might be a little mm. bit of I don't know that this got the time to breathe that it was able to but well it definitely I mean, didn't for me I've seen these once I didn't have time mm. to watch them multiple times uh which won't be the case in future weeks but yeah it didn't come out till 3 a.m i was able to because i just randomly got a fubo subscription to watch an off-market nfl game and i still had the free trial and i'm like oh great i'm gonna watch it uh when it comes out live and i can see it again in tomorrow morning but Mm -hmm. yeah i again i i was sitting down and i was wanting i i was like when we got into the home alone stuff like oh yeah i can see the yarn going up and it's going to be fun and it's like oh this isn't fun but yeah it feels like they're kind of doling out the home alone stuff over the course of the season right with the second other big surprise yeah Yeah. they're slow playing that stuff yeah it's like oh we got this that's the home alone scene huh i thought that'd be more too like oh no this is some more home alone scene and i guess Uh there's going to be even more home alone so maybe they work up to it but Mm -hmm. also maybe lead with your best stuff (laughs) yeah yeah could say that all right uh Uh, we should probably get into it we've got a lot of stuff to cover here yeah let's do it we can talk about it as we go you're listening to fargo with bald move we'll be right back 
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome back to Fargo on Bald Move. All right, we start off with uh, a definition of Minnesota nice, which is an aggressively pleasant demeanor, often forced, in which a person is chipper and self-effacing no matter how bad things get. And then we go over to the Fall Festival Planning Committee uh, meeting in, erupting into a brawl around a woman, Dorothy, and a child, Scotty. They make their way out of the auditorium, but the woman accidentally tases a police officer, and she's arrested. And she tries to explain to the cops it was all a mistake, but she's booked and thrown in the slammer. Yep. It's a true uh, story. As usual on Fargo, it starts off with, you know, standard stuff. And we find out that it's Minnesota in 2019. So this is very contemporary. It's interesting because I wonder, we talked about this in a preview that Noah Hawley said that he picked this particular time because this was before the election, before the January 6th stuff. Um but like it, it doesn't. I, I wonder why he chose to pick that and, instead of like post that time. Because like I, it seems like he's trying to evoke the kind of like food fights are happening in all of our school board meetings over what books are allowed to read and what bathrooms kids are allowed mm-hmm. to go to, and you know, uh and that she's just you know poor, poor uh, dot here is trapped with her daughter trying to get out of here. Um, and it's like she gets wrongfully imprisoned by zapping the cop. It's just that I, I wondered if this would actually it, it, I don't know if this is a scenario to actually go down in a town this small. I looked up Scandia and it's got a population of 4000. OK. I, I just wonder if like a, a house, a house mom in a melee had randomly tased a sheriff if she and like would been ripped from her nine year old daughter with no one to watch her and you know get taken to the slammer it felt it felt felt a little much i guess i'm not really looking for realism you know i'm told oh it's fargo it's big lebowski uh it's home alone not looking for the realism here just looking for a compelling story and well then why am i dealing with a constitutional sheriff plotline sure. like i guess yeah. maybe is, is this the, the dreaded tonal problems that i have with fargo sometimes where it's like could be you know, it's like, well, it's a heightened realism and it's it's kind of be a fantasy. And I'm like, but it's awful. It's awful real in places. Yeah, possibly. Um, they're doing a lot of stuff throughout these episodes with Dorothy as a lion. I mean, her name is literally Dorothy Lion. Uh, she makes some comments to the cop here who arrested her about uh, her being a, a mama, protecting a mama lion, protecting her cubs. Um is this going after Karen types? Is that what this is supposed to be satirizing? I, I, I thought it was just setting her up to be like this almost instinctive survivor. You know, For that sure. she's got that, that dog in her. She's got like this kind of like, you know, most people won't just go right to violence. You mm-hmm. know, there'll be some posturing, there'll be some, but Dot, no. She she's been she knows how small the cage can get, which I thought yeah. was a great line. It is from later in the the next episode, but I, I think that's I, I didn't I didn't get the Karen thing. 
you know because i don't think yeah, might like, not be <laughs> I, I, karen's not mind your own uh, karen the, the, you get to be called a karen when you just don't mind your own goddamn business mm-hmm. you know like right. other people's business is minding her <laughs> and uh-huh. she's tasing her way out of it I, I i would hope that that's not referred to as karen behavior sure uh she also says, you know, it was just a case of wrong place, wrong time for this cop who got tased. It's classic Cohen story. Just mm-hmm. coincidence, you know, bringing things together in ways that clash. I like that. The other thing, interesting thing you mentioned with the opening title, the opening credits about the Minnesota Nice is that we later find out that this is all a facade of dot that she doesn't mm-hmm. have this is this this isn't something she's born and bred to this is something she's clearly affecting um and she is the kind of like of all the characters she's the most aggressively minnesota nice i think that's interesting mm-hmm. that you know the uh like 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 look it up in the dictionary there's the picture person is the actual fakest of them and maybe that says something interesting about what holly feels about this aggressive north midwest kind of nice thing that he thinks it's all uh, an act possibly i mean it's the first time they've actually defined the term even though it's permeated all of fargo right yeah so clearly he's yeah leaning into that quite a bit more um and starting off here with dot is definitely his his stamp that he's putting on that um it was a fun scene, I thought. Just it's a hell of a way to start an episode. Just have yeah. go get into a brawl here at, at a fall festival planning committee meeting. Like how how does that spin out of control? What is controversial about a fall festival? The only thing I can think of is is it's it's the way the schools trying to rebrand Halloween, you know, because it turns out in like really fundamentalist Christian circles, Halloween is a satanic holiday. It's not a fun thing where you get candy and dress up. It's it's literally doing Satan's bidding. And I, I could see it from that. But yeah. Well, then like, what, what are we doing with Thanksgiving? Should we just jettison Thanksgiving? Like you've got October's holiday and December's holiday and look, sandwiched in between them that doesn't get the celebration that it probably I don't know. Does it deserve it? Who knows? Uh, but it doesn't get any celebration, right? If you can't call something a fall festival and celebrate both Halloween and Thanksgiving, then Thanksgiving is just going to get cut out entirely. Thanksgiving has never been more than the John the Baptist for the literal Jesus Christ that is Christmas, okay? Let's get uh-huh. that straight. Let's uh-huh. get that straight. No, I'm with you. I, that, yeah, it's a second rate. It's a second tier holiday, in my opinion. Yeah. It's, sandwiched it's between the, two top tier holidays. It's the starting pistol of Christmas. Uh huh. It it's tells everybody, palate, all right, it's it's okay now to put up your decorations for Christmas. It's the it's the palate cleanser from the ghouls and goblins to the elves and the sugar and spice. That's that's all it is. And thank yeah. God we need a fire break. We need a fire break. <laughs> or for or you sure. know what? If Christmas, if Thanksgiving ever, ever fell, uh, uh, the, the yeah. Halloween wouldn't last another few years. Yeah, we need, and then they're coming. We for need Easter Thanksgiving holding the line. Around. Yeah, yeah. It's just all. It's just Omni Christmas, and who wants that? Uh huh. All right, let's go on to the next scene. Dorothy's husband Wayne comes home or comes to pick her up at the jail in a suit because they're headed to their mother's house for a Christmas card thing, and he brought her makeup and stuff so she can get herself presentable. And on the drive, they talk about the tasing, and he apparently told his very connected mother about it. And she's got a man named Danish Graves, a lawyer on the case. 
And uh, Dot's a little dismayed that he would tell his mother. Yeah, there's a couple of these where, you know, this great kind of raising Arizona riff where she asks if she can fix her hair and she gets like a Nick Cage crazy hair shot. Um, but she's like mm-hmm. really worried in a way you wouldn't expect a housewife arrested at you know, mistake, mistakenly arrested at a, a school function to be worried about fingerprinted. And now she's worried about federal database you know, yeah. lawyers getting involved. And there's like these kind of spidey sense. Something is off about this situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I kind of was getting that from the trailer again. I feel like the trailer gave away a lot of this first episode and so it didn't quite hit as the way they wanted it to yeah but uh yeah maybe we'll, we'll get out of that pattern eventually i'm sure so let's go over to the christmas card thing where we meet the rest of the family as they take a gun themed photo for the family christmas card over dinner they talk about the tasing while danish the lawyer tries to keep him from talking too much about it and lorraine just sits back and judges everybody boy she's abrasive do not like this character do not think this character is funny is the problem. Yeah. So here's the other. As I'm thinking about this because like what is funny about this family taking a gun themed Christmas card? Because this is just the way things are. Uh-huh. I, comparing this to like the this Glass Onion where I thought Ryan Johnson effectively skewered some of this gun politics stuff or having the guy who's like wearing his pistol with his g-string bikini in a pool uh-huh. like literally taking in the pool with him and like yeah. that's how you you're like this is just the way things are man this is like where uh-huh. like a third of the politicians in the midwest and the south this is how they send christmas cards that are constituents man like you, you to, to effectively parody or satire or something you'd have to like take it to the next level and mm-hmm. uh, i don't know that, but but yeah, Lorraine Lorraine Lyon, she's uh she she's she is and, and this is like when she's saying we're projecting our values. I like to project our values. That's literally what she's doing. She's projecting mm-hmm. these values. See, she doesn't she doesn't go to the fucking rain. I mean, I don't know, maybe she does. Maybe she goes outside and shoots her her guns, but like clearly not all of her family. Her husband doesn't give a shit about this. Cer- no. Certainly her son, daughter, and granddaughter don't. Mm-hmm. Um it is wild. Although I will say that they consistently show Scotty, like they're you know they're positioning Scotty as this Tom Girl character, and there's hints. You know, I'm I'm pretty sure uh, that they're establishing that she's Roy's daughter. In actuality, if you look at the timelines, they're lining up. But she looks of all the family almost yeah. the most comfortable one holding the gun. It's like they're suggesting okay. that like Roy's DNA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're 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 saying something about nature versus nurture. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I look at this and I say, yeah, I've I've seen these cards before, unironically. Um, mm-hmm. It's, and I don't know if this is, uh, if this is Holly's intention is to say that, uh, just hold up a mirror and say this is how things are, or if he thinks that he's parodying something. I don't know. Because I actually say this to my son all the time. It's like, man, when I grew up, there weren't, there, there, this, this skull flag and gun shit, this is... Mm-hmm. That's like you, you, if you saw that it was like weirdo bikers, mm-hmm. um, and it's like all the it's like it, it's just, yeah it's very strange to me like what has <laughs> happened in the last twenty thirty years. Oh yeah, you know of I grew course. up in the bicentennial where everyone's kind of still proud of the country and lots of problems and whatnot, but people people <laughs> we didn't have Punisher skulls and AR fourteen fifteens on everything, and uh, that is wild. And there's a. Uh... A point in here during this dinner where 
they start to talk politics and the the dad the grandfather here says no politics mm-hmm. at the table which i thought mm-hmm. was interesting because they seem to be willing to put politics into every other aspect of their lives, but the table is sacred, I guess. I don't know. The dinner. A little bit of like the godfather's uh, wife saying no politics at the table. And sure. It's like she, or no business at the table. It's like yeah. it's it's a little bit of in denial that they're in the situation they're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's to keep things polite or if that's because he personally doesn't agree with the politics because like he's the guy who doesn't know how to hold the gun. Right. Doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't know if he wants to hold the gun or the glass. Um, so it might be his policy. And that's the one thing he stakes out in this relationship because he is definitely not. Uh, he, he does not have equal hand in this relationship, I would say. No. And I did kind of like um, I I thought Wayne is consistently the funniest character though. Like he tries to make this joke about oh I like I love you I voted for you twice and the, the attorney general's mm-hmm. like that's not funny in this political climate. Um, yeah. And there's also like uh, I really like there's there's a little sly commentary about the crime thrillers because the one the conceit of the Fargo or these are all tales from these Midwest this Midwestern true crime n- novel this apocryphal crime novel and. You know, Lorraine here is poo-pooing crime thrillers, you know, as something that needs funding or, or pe- people should be reading or engaging with at all. Yeah. <laughs> but some of the meta right. stuff is kind of, it's droll, you know? It's not like uh-huh. laugh out loud funny. It's just kind of burn after reading funny. Sure. I could see it. Um, So Dot and Wayne and Scotty all go back home that night and... Scotty asked Dorothy if she's going to jail and she says no it'll get sorted out and she reads her daughter a bedtime story and when she goes to get in her bed her husband suggests a tumble but it was a long day so she goes to sleep and I think maybe dreams of a ranch and some family with John Hamm I I can't tell if this is a dream or if this is supposed to be cutting to the scenario we'll see later that's the thing it's like like a dream it, it's a setup where it's like um, she sees Roy doing Roy shit. Um, there's this interesting shot where there's Gator, clearly Gator, dressed up like Jack Skellington. And then <laughs> yeah, he's got which... the two lesser demons. I don't know if it's Lock, Stock, or Barrel um, side by side with them. Mm-hmm. I think this is like a premonition or like they're like a literal they're manifestation of a, of a spidey yeah. sense that like, uh-huh. oh my God, my fingerprints are in the system. I can already feel... The, the the my webs trimmering you know and this will happen again next episode too um where she'll have like a a kind of vision-esque sort of thing of roy she also sees the this what i consistently refer to in my notes as the scotsman but i think is actually old munch this okay. um i don't think he's been i don't think he's been m- mentioned in the series his name but this mm-hmm. this old munch character um yeah so yeah, it's like all the people out. who are coming gunning for her, I guess. Uh, yeah, and we kind of get to see a little bit of the life they have here, uh, which seems pleasant enough at home. And I think this is this is a family that I feel good about, as opposed to their parents. Yeah, and he's uh, there. There's also the Far- the Fargo parallels here with um, the dad being a run- running managing a, a car dealership. Oh yeah. I mean, his office in that second episode looks exactly like the office that... And you can, uh, in the background... Wayne, you can, uh, the, the Lundergaard, whatever his, his first name is. 
Yeah, Jerry. And Jerry, the, the, Jerry, you can yeah. talk about him like I got to send these vins into the 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 company and and uh-huh. in the background you can hear people talking about True Coat. Uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, they're they're, they're he's, he's he's like I said, he's he's checking off all the references, but mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a little I feel like a little zest missing. There, or there's nothing a lot of previous Fargo seasons I felt worked because it was more than the sum of its parts. But so far, I felt like this; these two episodes were just kind of the sum of their parts. Okay. Yeah, I feel you. Uh, they have a bad Hey Joe cover here. I don't, I don't know what that's all about. I'm not, not a fan of that one. I prefer the Hendrix original, but what are you going to mm-hmm. do? I'm uh, assuming that's original by Hendrix. I don't know. That might be a cover. Anyway, uh, the next morning, Wayne is leaving for work, and he takes Scotty to school. And he suggests Dorothy stay away from school for a few days. So she's home alone. Pun intended. Uh, Dorothy watches TV and knits when two men in hoods and hammers uh, break into her house. She almost manages to fight them off, but she takes a tumble down the stairs and gets cornered. This fall, I don't think I've seen a worse, more convincing fall. Like, how the hell did they do that and not kill someone since, like, what, season three of Better Call Saul? Where Chuck hit, oh, hit his, his head, hit his on, head the on the table. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Like, fuck, Oof. sickening. Sickening. Mm-hmm. The, uh, and, and how, oh, man, how she didn't. She is a tiger. I don't see how this didn't knock her the fuck out. I think it might so so there were two things they did that were fairly realistic in this show one is when they're firing guns later like when the kidnapper who survives uh fires a gun next to joe carey's head they actually have his eardrums like blow out right his 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 ears are bleeding in that scene i'm like oh my god first first time i've seen that on tv actually happen the way it would really happen he doesn't act like he's he that side that the, the he doesn't act like he's later impaired he yeah. at all the rest of the episode but but yeah it was nice to see True. a first eardrum uh and the other time they do it is i think here because she kind of is knocked out for a second but yeah. that's usually how being knocked out works True. you're knocked out for a second you wake right back up and you're a little disoriented yeah. but you don't if stay not, out for five minutes because yeah, if, if you, you do, do you probably you're dead. <laughs> like, it's 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 a yeah, it's a serious uh, cranial event happening with you. Yeah, yeah. So I I actually appreciated that she fell down, hit her head, woke up like four seconds later, and was just kind of mm-hmm. out of it a little. And it's so weird because like I, again, I was expecting this to be a lot more funny Home Alone, but this yeah. whole encounter felt like something from Bloodborne or Dark Souls. You got this guy. In a in a, a like a dingy kilt with a, a, a black bag over his head. Well, he's a nihilist. And it's all off I mean, centered, and th- there's so much Fargo and Big Lebowski in this scene, right? Like the the chase up the stairs into the bathroom is, I mean, that's Fargo. The like mm-hmm. the only difference is uh, Jerry's wife ends up like wrapped up in a shower curtain, like an idiot, right. screaming and running out. for her mm-hmm. life. But like here Juno Temple is getting a little bit of, of the upper hand and then the big Lebowski of it all is yeah these guys are nihilists they're dressed weird they've got the weird accent right you've got uh, the other part of Fargo which is like the Steve Buscemi and the Peter Stormare of it all and this uh, this this uh, old munch is very that Peter Stormare thick accent absolutely weirdo capable of extreme violence yeah very so like not off, sympathetic the to boxes. the injuries of his partner. 
But you know the way they they filmed this wasn't like funny or madcap. It was threatening. Like the way the yeah. the the music coming to a crescendo as this guy got closer and closer to opening the door, uh, the bathroom door, and she comes out of that like fucking Rorschach versus the cops and watchmen with the mm-hmm. you know uh, hairspray and the torch and this and then yeah it's like instead of Marv like screaming in a funny way, this guy's screaming in like oh my god my face is melting kind of way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and I did, but there, even did, I did laugh because like when that guy finally came down the stairs and like munches on the landing looking down at, at Dorothy or at Dot there and the, his partner comes around and his head's still smoking like smoldering. I mean, uh-huh. that was kind of funny, but it is not as yeah, funny as Kevin McAllister. Kind of yeah, sure. All right. Wayne and Scotty arrive home and they find the front door open, blood on the floor and Dorothy missing. So Wayne calls the cops and Indira Olmstead, uh, the same officer who arrested Dorothy, responds to the call. Uh, she investigates and says, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, she's she's the latest Marge Gunderson uh, spirit channeler. Totally. On the show. And uh, she's nailing the, the voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like Juno Temple's voice in this. Yeah, she's really entertaining. Yeah, coming from Ted Lasso to this, I'm like, oh, that's a big change. Good job. Yeah, that's the thing. She, because I, I, I was a little worried because I've only seen Juno Temple in The Offer and Ted Lasso, and mm-hmm. I like I had a hard time on either of those roles seeing her as this kind of mousy Midwestern housewife. And I gotta say, 30 seconds in this season, I'm like, yeah, no, I didn't. I have no more concerns. Yeah, same uh, here. She's great. Yeah, she's just killing. The, she's she's killing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I like this weird look on the cop's face on Adira's face when she goes up to the bedroom, and I can't tell if that is from the decor in the room, which is a little quirky, or if it's from the smell of burning flesh and hair. I took it was the smell because she kind of crinkles her <laughs> okay. nose a couple times as she gets closer, and it's got to smell uh-huh. like hell. Like yeah. Burnt meat plus hair plus synthetic. Yeah, it's got a. Oh yeah, smell like the worst. It's great though. Uh, so Wayne goes to his mother with the news of Dot's disappearance, and uh, Danish expects uh, that it's a kidnapping and that they'll want a ransom. And Lorraine says we need to keep things quiet. Don't get don't get the upper levels of law enforcement involved. Now, I know because of my preseason research that um, Lorraine Lyons is like the largest debt collection company. The Lyons uh, Corporation is the largest debt collection company in the nation. And it makes it extra sinister when they're talking about being cash rich because of the market volatility. You know, they're they're profiting people going bankrupt. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Out of of, the rest of our, our misery. So it kind of like. If the the Christmas gun-toting postcard didn't convince you, uh, although I guess we can't, we, we live in glass houses because like three Christmas ago we sent out a Christmas card that had a gun prominently, <laughs> prominently featured on a Christmas card. That was a parody. <laughs> that's that that's was firmly in the parody. Uh, First of all, yeah. that was an airsoft rifle, and yes, you were trying to beat John mm-hmm. McClane on on uh, on Die Hard, but but it's but yeah, a tank like top for God's sake. Yeah, this they're, they're they're painting a picture of the Lion Company. Yeah, uh, this is to, to note. This is slightly pre-pandemic, right? This is 
it's October like COVID-19, which is named after the year it was discovered. So, yeah, I think we're like a month away from the first case being documented. Yeah, I think like December, they've started this, this talking when people about, started, oh, this could be bad. And then March is yeah. when everything shut the fuck down. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the timeline for sure. Yeah. Uh, I do wonder if we're going to get to that point, if if this season is going to end somewhere inside of the pandemic, or if we're going to, if this is all going to take place before. Look, in, look for people coughing and sneezing in the background. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I will say that I don't think COVID broke out in Fargo. I don't think that was ground zero. <laughs> Probably uh, not. So no. it, it'd have to go pretty pretty far into the future to get there, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. All right, Indira goes home and she's looking at her mail. It's all past due bills. And her husband is practicing his golf swing for a tournament that he entered on his what looks like a very expensive video golf setup. Um I I can't tell if him entering this tournament cost him $2500 or the prize is $2500. Based on her reaction, it's impossible to tell. I think it was a buy-in. Because I why so would her too, reaction be that way if if not? Because it could be a small amount that won't actually help them. I I'm not sure. Yeah, twenty five hundred dollars. Although twenty five hundred dollars seems like if it was a prize to win and he had a chance at it. The the, the other weird mm-hmm. thing is like I'm not I don't know anything about professional golf. I enjoy playing golf. I've done it for time you know time or two. Um, just went to Top Golf last weekend. Had a great time. I know that Hilton Head is legit tournament. It kind of blew my hair back. He came in second. Like, that makes me think it's not a pipe dream. Like, yeah, he might go legit. Yeah, and it's it's like if you're making the tournament, it's a minor standing if you're making the tournaments on a regular, if you're in the top 100 in the country, which I think he would be if he's taking second place at a relatively serious tournament, Mm -hmm. you can easy make six figures, low six figures. But then as you work your way up, you start making, you know, it's like, I feel like the show wants me to think that this is a pathetic thing, but then they mm-hmm. said it came in second in Hilton Head. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, I know nothing about golf either, uh, mm-hmm. professional golf either. Uh, what I can say for certain is that he does not come in second in a prominent tournament with that swing. Did you see the swing he does at the end of this scene? It's pathetic. <sighs> Yeah, but does okay. Unless that's a chip shot or something, that's that's not a drive. That's <laughs> a but, bad but drive. Routinely, I see people who are supposed to be professional guitarists on TV that clearly have no idea and they're not moving totally, their fingers yeah. correct. So it's like I that, just don't. A, is like, it a this case guy's, of that or? Yeah, he's an actor. He's not a professional golfer. So like, is mm-hmm. that where I was? I supposed to know his swing was so bad? Well, was I supposed or... to know that Hilton Head is a prominent tournament because I didn't? So I see that swing and I'm like, oh yeah, he's got no shot. He's hopeless. I think because everything se- else, he might as well have come in second in a mini golf tournament. You know, everything else about the scene made me think that he's a joke. That clearly he spent. Yep. You know, it's like this is something his family can't afford. This is a pipe dream. His wife is losing hope. Uh, they're deep going deeper in debt. Uh, he refuses to take shifts at I don't know what Red Lobster, what <laughs> Red whatever the hell it Apple? was. Is that supposed to be Applebee's? I don't Applebee's know. or Red Robin, Red Lobster, some shitty restaurant town. He won't do that because he wants to focus on his golfing. But then he comes in second in Hilton Head. So, but, then and, he but does he's that also swing. got a terrible, terrible yeah. swing mechanically. It's just broken. Uh huh. So I don't know. Um, 
also that's way t- even for an Imagine Dragons fan, that is way too many Imagine Dragons posters. Uh, <laughs> did you see the background I, I, I here? Did, There's no, three of them I did in not, close proximity. That, they're starting to paint a picture of this guy. Yes. And the fact that he's also got this, uh, you know, not for nothing, he's got a uh, pretty attractive young wife, wants to go mm-hmm. to bed with him, and he's blowing her off. Yeah. Just a few more swings. Seems sad. Seems like a sad situation. It's like the total opposite of Marge and her husband, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, it's like diametrically opposed. For sure. Yeah, well, I assume we'll see more of that. You don't introduce this plot line without having it come back. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're probably definitely doing something with, like, the relationship between men and women. You know, you contrast, uh-huh. like, the... <laughs> Roy? <laughs> yeah, Roy and, and even um, uh, Ms. Lyon, you know, they're, like, extreme mm-hmm. different conceptualiz- conceptualizations of uh, feminism and, and masculinity. They're, he's definitely comparing contrasting stuff, so probably Lars is a piece of that puzzle. Is that his name, Lars? I wow. think so. Yeah, I, I looked up a lot of stuff because I was I, I was gotcha. like I can't get away with just saying cop lady and cop lady's <laughs> husband. I need I need some. I dates. can. I've only seen it once. Didn't have time to watch it twice. Didn't have time to do Were that. You're busting out in, in, in Idrina, right? Indira, yeah. Indira. Uh, See, I, oh I I looked up a few of the main players, but All not right. the ancillary characters yet. Oh, the guy in the trunk's trying to get out. We'll be right back. We put the ads in the wood chipper. Welcome back. Uh, so the burned kidnapper, who apparently you say is Munch, old Munch. Um, no, the burned no, one. No, that's is, the other guy. Yeah, he's he's some. He, they name check him, but but yeah, the the the, the kilt wearer, old Munch. Gotcha. All right, so the other guy, his partner, uh, the Steve Buscemi of this Fargo mm-hmm. scene. Um, is worried about his burns. Dot says, yeah, you probably need to go to the hospital. They're transporting her somewhere. Uh, a cop car pulls out of a driveway behind him. Uh, they're apparently driving a stolen car, which is very Fargo. Uh, the cops pull him over. When they stop, Dot makes a run for it. The kidnappers end up shooting one of the cops, and the other makes a run to a nearby service station where Dot has also happened to run to. Uh, the cop gets shot in the leg and limps inside. Do we want to talk about this in chunks or do we want to go through this whole let's let's stop sequence. here because uh, I, I do want to say that um i thought the blue and red lighting uh in the beginning mm-hmm. of this this highway shootout was a lovely classic signature noah holly um i did wonder why the cop changed direction to pursue them as like on site it wasn't like he ran their plates it's just like he was planning he noticed his turn signal was planning to go the other way and as soon as the thing as soon as they go past the cop, it's like, man, could he really see that dude's burned face or? Yeah. Did Dot look like she I mean, was the guy looks right or... at him, right? Like, that's the thing that kills me is if you're trying to hide your burns on the left side of your face from the cop, maybe don't turn your head to the right and look right at him. He's not very smart. He's very he's very much in that mold of Steve Buscemi, like down to yeah. the facial injury and the mewling through it. And Oh, yeah. This is 100% about that scene. Uh, also... Juno Temple's feet are made of hardened leather. She's got hobbit feet. She gets out barefoot and sprints down the shoulder of this highway. Mm-hmm. Like John McClane's got nothing on this lady's feet. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, including the glass. She's 
yeah. yeah it's 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 incredible i i can't believe it i can't believe it yeah uh, she's she's a lion man she's a tiger also this cop i thought was pretty smart and you know acted fairly in his best self-preservation but then it killed me when he gets to the convenience store and he stands in his bright pool of light looking out yeah. into the darkness like dude i know your night vision man your night vision they <laughs> can so see you exposed. you can't see shit mm-hmm. get in there get in but get, 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 get your ass behind some cinder block okay yeah and kill the lights inside like leave the lights on outside kill the lights inside the store and you got it made yeah but you know cops in fargo kind of dumb although he's not he's not he's a not. dumb cop they just needed him to be dumb so he could get his leg shot yeah uh there could have been better ways to do that but i was thinking the same thing it is funny how he like goes in a straight line there is Ooh, there's something we need to talk about notice the fact that this deputy takes the shortest distance between the highway to the filling station and mm. notice that Dot did not take that route at all, and she beats him there. I think that's very interesting in light of some other things in this episode. Do you think there's a fantastical element that they're introducing? Is that what you're saying? I mean, there's got to be. Has there has there been one single fucking episode season of Fargo without it? No. I guess I don't expect it to be the Dot character, but who knows? Well, maybe something. Maybe something's helping that. Maybe she's able to fucking bend time and space. I don't know, but I've got questions. Yeah, I mean, maybe it just worked out with with distance and his sprinting speed. I don't know. She's super fast. <laughs> I know, it's just, it's just notice it for now. It'll, yeah, yeah. We'll, it'll come back later. All right, let's get to the second half of this scene. Uh, also, pretty exciting. Dot inside the service station springs into action creating booby traps to defend it dot incapacitates one of the kidnappers with a bag of ice in the bathroom um actually ends up killing him we'll find out later the other shoots his way in the front door and does battle with the cop until dot gets him with a shovel and she goes to patch up the bleeding cop and when she returns to where the shovel shoveled uh guy was old munch he's gone then backup arrives and dot flees the scene can this you is more, walk me through yeah. a couple things? Can you walk me through the logic of what Dot was like? Okay, I understand the broken, like the, the oil near the front door. That yeah. makes sense. What the hell is she doing in that bathroom? What is with the glow sticks? What is with the ice scatter on the floor? Like, it seems like she could have just got the job done by hiding outside the bathroom door and hitting this guy in the face with the bag of ice, which is what she ends up doing. Sure. I don't exactly know. I mean, she clearly is setting up slippery traps, right? That's the thing. Oil by the front door, ice in the bathroom. But I, I'm i not sure what the glow sticks are about. Can I ask you another question? Yeah. How did Burnface get into that bathroom? He climbed through that window. He climbed through that broken window, the broken window. The uh-huh. broken window that, that wasn't even has... fully broken out that still had massive pieces of glass and would keep someone from actually getting in through that window. Apparently, yeah. I mean, it's the only way he could have gotten in there, right? Is this the worst supernatural villain Fargo's ever had? Is like you know, <laughs> he's dead in the first. Like episode. Lord Malvo can disapparate from a basement, but he gets he gets bashed uh-huh. by a, he gets killed by a bag of ice. I don't know. Uh-huh. It's it's one of those, it's annoy it's one of those annoying things where I'm like, well, this is Fargo being Fargo, but also what the no, this guy got killed by the shitter. How could he be some yeah. kind of? Unless he shows back up, uh, 
Yeah, you're right. I, I don't know. Oh, if he's like, because they do name check. Oh, my God. They do name, name check zombies in this episode. And it is Halloween. Oh, what are the do. odds this guy goes down to the morgue because everybody thinks he's dead and he just like comes back to life? He's going to be like uh freddy krueger jason michael myers type guy where yeah, he's, he's disfigured he's wearing it. a yeah. mask he's the unkillable stalker God, that they might pull something i got but that guy okay. didn't seem it like all, all right, punches Holly, way- <laughs> i've seen i've taken the fish natos i've taken the alien uh-huh. invasions i'm ready for the zombie apocalypse i'm ready for I, i'm not going to be shocked by anything you'll do i'm bracing for the zombie apocalypse if I were to pick one of those two guys to be a supernatural terror, it would not be him, though. It would be old would Munch. A hundred percent. Yeah, but this guy seems kind of like a buffoon and easily thwarted. I. But then again, so does Michael Myers. Like, I, he's he's easily <laughs> yeah. thwarted by J, Jamie Lee Curtis. So, if you've I, seen the first first Halloween, Michael Myers yeah. is kind of a funny guy. He's a funny guy. <laughs> so who knows? Yeah, that could be what they're doing. We'll see. Um, so do you? So they are, but I think they're also putting the supernatural killer thing on Munch because he sees the oil. He could easily avoid yep. it, but no, he puts his boot down at the prime slipping angle. Mm-hmm. There's negative friction slip. coefficients, and he doesn't slip at all. Yeah, good boots. Curious, curious. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you're gonna make somebody wearing Minnesota winter boots slip on oil? I don't think so. Those Oil boots on are gonna fucking grab. tile floor? No, nah, those boots are grabbing anything that you set them on, man. The boots up there are heavy duty. You know, forget the Bisquick and the <laughs> Kia. Maybe they should be shouting out this boot manufacturer if they want to do product placement because Hell I'm yeah. sold. I will pay upwards of $200 for those boots right now. Some you Arcturix can, shit they got going you on. He's <laughs> got like suction cups on their bottom. I don't know. They're like gecko toes. I really love the air horn gag. So this was one of the laugh out oh, loud moments for me. Yes. Because the, yes. the cops like, do you, he, he goes to the clerk and he says, do you have anything to defend this place with? Any weapons back there? And he's like, I've got an air horn. Uh-huh. He's like, what's that? It's a thing that makes a real loud noise. <laughs> and then when old Munch comes in the front door, the kid pops up, blows the air horn and Munch just blows him away. It doesn't phase him at all. Yeah, and I I guess it, I was expecting more of this because it was is like a super tense scene and it like uh-huh. cut the tension perfectly. Perfect, yeah. And then the way like Munch doesn't even react, he just instantly puts his no look, just blow the guy away. Yeah, yeah. It was. He, I, it might be the only laugh out loud moment of the evening for me. And you get the Fargo theme at the end of this scene, and it's not the mm. end of the episode, which I thought was mm. interesting. Uh, kind of puts a stamp on this scene. Oh, going so like other evidence of supernatural killer theory. Did you think it was odd that the cop got the drop on Munch, stood up, f- squared off with him, and like dumped his whole magazine and hit nothing but air? It felt like those first few shots should have gone right through his fucking O ring, and they just probably. I I can't tell. Like you said earlier, what's just filmmaking technique uh-huh. of like, uh-huh. oh, we're gonna cut back and forth and. It's going to look like he should hit him, but he didn't, but he dove, dove out of the way. It's hard to say, but it could be something supernatural. Yeah, it feels like one of those. I'm not sure if it's one of those according to Hoyle type miracles, you know, like in Pulp Fiction, sure. but mm-hmm. it looked like they sh- they he should have taken some rounds. Yeah, And then I he agree. just disappears after uh-huh. she lays him out with a fucking steel shovel and he hits the ground hard. He's gone in like not even 30 seconds, no trace. There's yeah. something up with him and maybe his partner. 
well like i said they but, depict getting knocked out pretty realistically here he'd probably be back up and you know dazed certainly but not uh, hearing him or th- like that's the thing when, leaving... you, when he's struggling and flailing around you hear the glass under mm-hmm. his his body big time mm-hmm. so it's strange that you don't hear him at all especially since you're like 12 feet away mm-hmm. um yeah and he, here's where like i the cop wants to know her name and she won't tell it to him and like that's very conspicuous but i kind of get that from the trailer like that she's a fugitive of some kind yeah so it made sense but is she a fugitive um, from more i mean clearly she's a fugitive from roy i wonder if she's a fugitive from more than that yeah i'm assuming she's not i'm assuming what she's doing is running away from a bad domestic situation with roy because boy he's gonna really play all his cards face up at the beginning of next episode this is all Um, kimmy schmidt right (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, it seems like it. Like where he's it's, he's running from literally her running and from... he's law enforcement, so she doesn't want to get law enforcement involved in her life because it'll lead another Roy woman, to her. another woman running from John Ham <laughs> uh-huh. in a crazy kind of compound type of way. Yeah, yeah, love him or hate him, I guess. It is interesting because like I feel like John Ham has tried to play the leading man a couple times, and Hollywood's just not having it. So now he's like, you know what? People liked me and Baby Driver. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna start being. I'm, I'm just gonna start playing villains. Fuck it. Yeah, why not? I I think. Look, he's super adaptable in his roles. I think he plays mm-hmm. a great villain in the next episode of this. Honestly, we'll Mad more Men, when we get to it. Don Draper's an anti-hero at best. Absolutely, yeah. At times, he is he, very much a villain. He's quite a villain in 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 a lot of Mad Men. Yeah. Um, but he's super likable in other things. He's super funny. He's super intimidating in some things. I, yeah, he he's a very versatile actor, and I appreciate what he's doing in this role uh, yeah, in this 100%. next episode. Uh, but let's go to the final scene here. We go back to the Lion House, where Wayne puts Scotty to bed, and he stays up worrying about Dot, but finally falls asleep in his office. And when he wakes, Dot's just rummaging around in the kitchen, making pancakes, making the bisquick. And he asks her what the hell happened. And she insists that nothing happened. She just went somewhere to clear her head. She wasn't abducted at all. It's it's insane. Like, also, she's making oops all gluten pancakes the way she's just maniacally mixing. Like, you're, you're I, only supposed to mix. Dude, you know this about pancakes. You need lumps in it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just barely mix it until the wet is wet and the dry is mostly wet. And stop. Like if you're doing it for more than ten seconds, it's it's fucked up. She, she this knows is gonna this. be this is like Elmer's glue pancakes, is what she's making. Yeah, these are gonna be bricks. Uh they're yeah. they're terrible. Uh but she knows this, right? Like I felt so bad for Juno Tipple in this scene. I'm like, I hope they only filmed this once because that is a hell of a lot of fast stirring. Yeah. Her arm yeah. the next day had to be feeling that. You film that uh, five, six, seven times, and suddenly you can't feel your arms anymore. I felt so bad for Wayne because he's doing such a great job of playing a guy who is like like shell-shocked at how his life has been upended. Mm-hmm. And then he hears this commotion from downstairs. He probably doesn't feel safe in his own home. I hear that's like a very common experience of people who have a home invasion or break-in. It's just like you feel you don't feel safe like at night. Sure. Um, and there's like a trauma to that. And he hears this commotion. He comes down. He sees his wife alive, and he's elated. But then she's acting like, cause, and I, and I, I think Wayne knows it. Like he's trying yeah. to support his wife as a, as like a bit, like a, 
you know, like, well, I'm just going to go along with this and, and hopefully she'll work it out on herself and I'll just be support her through the whole thing. Um, but you can just tell he's terrified, mm-hmm. you know? And it doesn't guy. make sense to him, right? Like, he looks at the blood. He's like, well, what about the blood? She tries to yeah, play like, it off, but none of these excuses make sense. And he knows Why it. would someone who's obviously been abducted try to play off the abduction as if they were just getting out the, you know, to change to the season. I was getting their hats out, and I got one a little too close to the curler, and I broke something, and I danced in glass. And it's like, what? Yeah. It's secondhand balaclava you got. Uh <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's. I, I like it. I like it. There's a subtlety there. The line that they're writing with Wayne is one of like supportive husband, very concerned, knows something is wrong, but doesn't want to be pushy about it. Yeah. Uh, I, I. It really. They walk that line perfectly for me. Yeah, I do wonder. I do wonder if uh, they shouldn't have stopped here because I, this would have been a nice, mysterious place. You still have essentially Roy on the shelf. People don't know what that's all about. Um, it's an interesting one-two mm-hmm. punch. Uh, most of the time, I when shows do that, it makes sense to me. It doesn't. I, I can't quite figure out why they decided it was so important to roll these two out. Yeah. I don't know. Trying uh, to get that sweet Black Friday because I t- will tell you as someone who watched these live. The commercials they stuffed into these things. Oh yeah. Oh, um, so many commercials. On um, so so maybe they just wanted a big pre Black Friday advertising slot. Last chance. Yeah, Get all I guess. Your ads in. It's been thin because of the damn strike. So we'll be back with Fargo. You're darn tootin'. The fountain of conversation continues. Here's more Fargo. All right. Um, what do you say we talk about the second episode? Yes, let's do it. That starts off with Roy Tillman telling us about the way things used to be on his ranch. And then he counsels a couple who are having some marital issues. And then a young cop comes in. We'll find out later that his name is Gator. And I believe he's the son of Roy. Uh, he comes in and he says, we missed her. Here again, like, is this supposed to be satire and comedy? Because as a person who grew up in a small rural town, this is also very real. I heard legendary stories about certain elders tuning up certain brothers in our congregation because they were a little too handsy with their wives or something. And sometimes that lesson stuck and sometimes it made things worse and i feel like there is a a segment of society that thinks this is kind of how it should go like you don't you know absolutely there is like 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 people need to be taught lessons and sometimes you gotta slap the women sometimes you gotta slap them in but everyone's got to be kind of kept in line and i don't i guess in it doesn't didn't strike me as funny like yeah and the power is vested in the community not anyone outside of it right like yeah that, that and, and uh, certain freedom members stuff of the they're gonna get that, to yeah that take it upon themselves have you ever right. heard of a constitutional sheriff as a concept no i didn't I hadn't either i guess like you've heard of that like joe arapio guy who's kind of sure. got famous <laughs> pre-2016 yeah. in arizona he was one of i, I guess associated with this but treating prisoners terribly yeah there's this organization called, I think it's like the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peacekeepers of America, and it's a secret organization of some four or five hundred uh, law persons, probably lawmen, 
Like masons? Uh, that, what do they have paddles all, in their shit? They believe that the that America should be organized bottom up. That like the counties and the locales should have supremacy over the state and federal governments, and that they should be able to interpret the Constitution mm, because there is the that's close a way to the to population. Make a United States, yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's 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 essentially sovereign citizens gone trying to go legit, you know. Yeah, sure. Uh, all freedom, no responsibility, type baby, but. Communities should probably have their own currency as well, I think. Yeah. Uh, that would really unite the country. Mm. Maybe we should have passports we go between borders, you know? Sure, yeah. That'd be, that'd G- be, that'd, that'd sign be, me up. Give me my papers. You can only be truly free when you're checking your, your countryman's paperwork. Uh-huh. Um, but but yeah, this like marriage counseling where he's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to beat up your husband because he beat up you. And now after I've done that and I've humiliated him, go home, fixing dinner, suck his dick and everything's going to be fine. <laughs> Literally <laughs> to cater to his here. needs as a man with your mouth in order to soar. So harmony. Uh, funny line. But this and it's character... always got this crazy psychosexual stuff too. you. You burrow to oh, the center totally. of these things. It's always some kind of fucking kink role play yeah. they're doing. And this guy's nipples. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're saying something with it. I didn't even notice this with one watch. It's amazing, but we'll we talk there was, about that. There's a feast for your eyes, those scenes, so I, I, I don't bet. blame you. But I bet. Uh, so here's the thing. Um, I, I largely don't abide by the, the philosophies <laughs> that he's espousing here, um, uh-huh. <laughs> but it feels like they're also setting him up to be the Sam Elliott character from The Big Lebowski uh, you know the dude abides kind of narrator guy um, who does show up at the bar it's hard and- to say because there's also this this opening monologue starts off with like the Tommy Lee Jones hard to believe I've been sheriff of this county for X amount of years uh, Roy was 25 I think Tommy Lee was longer but I, I honestly think he's just this feels like a hostage note where he's cutting individual letters out of like magazine covers and it's like, oh, there's there this is like yeah, like is he Sam Elliott or is he No Country for Old Men? Is he mm-hmm. Big Lebowski or is he the uh the, the the I don't know, the quiet man or that wasn't what it's called. Um Serious A simple man? A serious man. Yeah. It's just all it's just yeah, it's just it's just very uh uh, what do they call that? Collage. It's very collage. And I think you run into some tricky situations when you try and do that collage because I'm taking a lot of baggage into this. When the, when they start him off as like, there was a man, right? That 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 kind of Sam Elliott describing the dude in L.A. Yeah. With John Hamm, I'm thinking, oh, they want me to take this person seriously as like a guiding philosophical figure in the movie. But then he's saying things that I cannot get behind in any way. So it, and it's it's tough when you're doing the collage stuff. And they're 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 approaching too much parody. Like I think putting the nipple rings on him was a nice choice. I also love him like <laughs> on his horse, looking up at himself on a billboard on his horse, lot of lauding him sure. as the lawman. And there there is some some pretty some pretty good. That, that I a, think they're coming. He's close a hard to, man for hard times, and by he I mean me. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like they're getting there with John Ham. Like they're like yes. this, this. These this assignment is understood, but I, I don't know about the other stuff. I, I'm with you. I I actually 
I'm enjoying John Hamm's performance here. As much as I don't like, you know, the character's ideas, I do enjoy watching the character. It's a yeah. very quirky and ridiculous character in a lot of ways that I can appreciate. Mm-hmm. And same with Gator. I think uh, I really like Joe Keery. I think he's doing a great job as playing a younger version of his father, like a more modern version. Like instead of chomping a cigar, he's smoking a vape. He's got these stupid sunglasses on the back of his head. He's wearing the baseball cap instead of the cowboy hat. I, he's got the vanilla line, uh, ice lines <laughs> etched into right. the side of his head. Just he seems like is, a real douche. Is Joe Carey trying to get Marvel swole? Oh, because like it's looking bigger. It's too late, man. It's too late. You should have leaned yeah. into nice hair androgynous thing because like it this this show's over. It's all all you guys doing cycles, taking HGH, getting yoked. Stop it. Done. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Natalie Portman is the last person who should, who should ever change their body shape to be in a Marvel movie. And I just, yeah, I think your agent sold you, but it's, it's you're trying to Did fight I the last war, Joe. Scott is in that latest, like, Madam Web movie. Was that when we saw the trailer? Was that Adam Scott somewhere Was there? He? Well, that's, is, that's, that's not really a Marvel film, though. I mean, it's, it's I mean, made it's by not, Marvel it's, Studios. It's not, I know, but it's not like muscle spandex. Like that's the that's if there's five minutes of that in that whole movie. I'd be shocked. It's yeah. more of YA crime urban fantasy. Maybe it's made by Sony. I can't remember. Anyway. Um, yeah. So let's uh, let's go to oh, Roy yep. and Gator confirmed. Adam Scott is we did see him in that trailer. He's Ben Parker. OK, I don't know if he's getting swole, but. You know that the last train is leaving. Wait, Madam Web. Oh, so this is young Madam Web. So Madam Web is because I'm like, wait, at Ben, Ben, Uncle Ben is is young and hot, but I guess so is Madam Web. Sure. Crazy times, crazy times we live in. All right. So Roy and Gator talk with the kidnapper, uh, uh, old Munch, about the failed job, and he claims they didn't give him all the information he needed to kidnap her because they didn't tell him that she's a tiger, not a housewife. And tigers cost more and require him to get a different guy. And he asks why they want the tiger. And Roy says it's because she's his wife. Then Roy thanks Kidnapper for his help and sends him off with Gator to get paid. If Old Munch is a supernatural killer type, why is he complaining about needing more guys and money? Good question. Maybe he's not a supernatural L- killer type. I don't think Lorne Malvo would come back and be like, ah, no. So let's just press a little too like like what's a lesser demon going to Don Draper and being like I could have used three guys on this I, I could use shotguns on this job boss mm-hmm. you had a you had a you had a fucking uh, assault uh, rifle yeah you had an automatic weapon if you can't get the job done with that I don't know what a shotgun's gonna help you um so remember I talked about how Juno Temple uh sprinted three times the distance as the sheriff and covered in the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. So Joe uh Gator here says that the that that all that all went down outside of Beulah, North Dakota. Do you and 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 we know that uh Dot lives in Scandia, Minnesota. Do you know how far it is from Beulah, North Dakota to Scandia, Minnesota? Exactly the same distance as it is from Fargo to Beulah is my guess. It's 500 miles. Oh. How how did Dot get from Beulah, North Dakota in the same night on foot to Scandia, Minnesota? 
she stole a car. Uh, 500 miles is a lot of ground to cover, even in a car. <laughs> That's the, eight hours of driving. Yeah. And like, I, I think they're doing something. They're doing a bit here. But how, how many supernatural people we got in this show? Or I, I don't know. I just I, I thought that was really interesting. That is interesting. 500 Maybe miles were like farther as the crow from... flies east. It's like a straight shot. Yeah, I mean, so there... Gator claims later in this episode that that business happened up in his county. So they have to be at least pretty close to Beulah, right? At that service station. They can't be hundreds of miles away. And even I think if they he were, said no, he said that service. He's actually he's actually there from like Clark County or something. That service station uh-huh. was in Beulah. He said just outside Beulah. Yeah. So right. yeah, like that's so, it's there. Like yeah, yeah. And even if they were hundreds of miles away, that still leaves hundreds of miles to cover. So <laughs> on foot, in, yeah. You know, hmm. across broken ground, and uh, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. But uh, yeah. And she doesn't have any like money or cards or anything with her at this time i don't I think i, I would she, think she's so. got a robe and bare feet she didn't grab her purse on the way out yeah while being she kidnapped. was knitting yeah exactly exactly so huh okay hadn't thought about it but that is super interesting um i also wonder why they decided to try to kill old munch here instead of you know paying him for his pain and suffering and and having him try again because he says he's got the instincts he's the one that can take this tiger down he just needs more resources yeah um and then i don't maybe know maybe they think wanna... they got the lead they need and they're gonna take it from here because they do send gator to... after her later do we, well, I can't believe Joe thinks that Gator is qualified to do. <laughs> he's aware that his son's an idiot, right? Or maybe he's not. He he actually, I, I don't think he handles that scenario terribly. Uh, when he's Which actually scenario? in the hospital room with them and the picture is there, uh, he gets a look yeah. at it, he deletes it, he plays it off like, oh, I'm just an idiot, you know? Yeah. He does all right there. I, th- that's, that's not the problem I guess I have with it. It's just that he's just, <laughs> uh-huh. he just seems like he's a, a much bit, maybe his dad's a poser too, but his dad seems like more substantial. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and he seems like a, but, but he's young, you know, I don't know how young he's supposed to be playing here. If he's supposed okay, to that's be the next question 20 or ask. if he's supposed to be 28 or because Whatever. here here is where they line out um they kind of lay out the relationship that Roy was married to Dot mm-hmm. uh and she ran off about 10 years ago yeah Dot and Wayne's daughter Scotty is established to be 9 years old do are are you convinced I'm pretty convinced that Dot that that uh, Scotty is the the daughter of Dot and Roy, not Dot and Wayne. I I suppose that timeline is just ambiguous enough to where I could see it going either way. Because this is what they're doing to tomboy nature of Scotty. I think it's supposed to. They're they're like you know. I don't know. What do you mean by that? They're they're trying to suggest that like that's Roy's heritage bleeding through. Oh, like okay. Th- that didn't come like from Dot or Wayne. Action and like, guns yeah, and, yeah, playing ha- hockey and like just she's just so like kind of like ma- masculine coded and everything. Yeah, um, I I don't know. That is interesting. Um, but as far as the timeline goes, I think it could be either. I think like it, 
Lorraine says that like, oh, you were just some girl that like my kind of dumb son who just likes a tight caboose knocked up. Yeah. So right. maybe they met like right after she left Roy and then they they hooked up and it just so happened they got she got pregnant. Yeah, I think and they're, it I think they're passing there, so. it off like it's the timing lined up to where she could pass it off as as his potentially. Daughter, yeah. And it is interesting, too, because you, while, um, you know, they're they're definitely making this girl out to be a tomboy. Um, it seems like the Roy would be really offended at his daughter having these non-traditional gender. Absolutely. You yeah. know, like he he would not he would not like his daughter acting this way. So it seems like they're on a no, collision he's Lorraine course. Type. And the way that um, well, there's a scene later when Joe is is telling when when Gator's telling Roy about you know what Dot's been up to, and he's like, you know, she's she's now this name, and then she's married to this guy who sells Korean cars, uh-huh. and then the face he made when she's got a daughter's nine years old. It it seems like they're all but telling us that that's the parentage. Do you mm-hmm. think? that Dottie might be the mom of Gator. Because Juno Temple, That's I think, is possible. 32 years old in real life, but I think Juno could play 18 or 40, depending on how mm-hmm. you dressed her up. Yeah. I don't know that I buy her, like if like Roy took her in hand when she's like 16, 17, 18, and she's 40 and It really now. depends on how old Gator is, right? If Gator's 20... Maybe that's the thing. Joe Creer's thirty-two. <laughs> Joe Creer's thirty-two, and he can absolutely play eighteen or maybe forty. Now that he's got his head all swole up, but yeah, I, uh-huh. I think I, I think it could. Like if you say to Juno's, for, if you say that Dot's forty, I think mm-hmm. that could line up. That and they might be doing something interesting with the half with the the brother sister dad mom nature nurture. Yeah. Because I think John Hamm's playing about fifties, so somewhere Feels in his fifties like in this. Yeah, yeah, pretty much what he what he is in real life. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm curious to see how that all shakes out because I don't think we've heard the whole story yet. Yeah. Uh, after uh, oh, one other note. Yeah, I mentioned this earlier, but the kidnapper here, Old Munch, says name checks nihilism in this, which is straight out of the Big Lebowski. I mean, he is the Peter Stormare character. And he talks like Jack Jack and Hagar. Yeah, he's got Game a really weird accent. Yeah, like a, the the way he says, "A man, a man is grateful. A, a man wonders why you want to tiger." And and he's saying he knows people. He knows what they're thinking. He knows their instincts. And it, mm-hmm. I, I'm very much getting that supernatural sort of vibe from him. Where... Uh, yeah, except for I've never seen an incompetent supernatural killer, like someone <laughs> sure. who just fucks up, doesn't get the job done gets humbled but maybe Juno's, I mean, Laura Malvo maybe, doesn't doesn't end up winning true true um, even though he's up against kind of a dumbass uh, yeah granted, with maybe, the help of maybe you're right and and doesn't the uh, the menacing uh, grenade toting biker get blown up at the end too like he doesn't in kill, raising Arizona yeah he doesn't kill uh, is it Loy no no he doesn't high it's high yeah he doesn't yeah so it's like maybe maybe i'm over maybe maybe i'm uh i'm over leaning on early season lorne malvo yeah he was a badass but ultimately he he lost yeah yeah kind of there's that scene in the bar later which is interesting but i Hmm. i I don't know maybe he didn't lose uh so after the meeting gator takes uh 
old munch out behind the barn, literally, where they try and kill him, but he manages to escape. Grabs like Gator's- Kiri by the balls and just twists. <laughs> the way he screams. I love, I think, and I, I, my read on this is Gator's too dumb and Munch is too smart to fall for this. And also, yeah, he knows what's up. What are the firing lines that these guys are setting up? Dude, that crossfire killed me. I'm like, you, you step out of the way, Kiri. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Like these guys, oh man. I, and I'm like, Am I supposed to know that this is because like I I think it's also in Holly's envelope that sometimes he just does shit like this hmm. because it's a prettier shot. Logic be damned. So it's like I just don't quite know what is like, hey, did you know just like the guy's golf swing? Is that an actor with a yeah. bad golf swing or is that her husband being delusional? Right. Because that's why I think is Gator just seems like a complete dumb fuck. He seems like a complete mall ninja wannabe. I mean, maybe they underestimated the old munch because he couldn't get the job done, right? He couldn't take yeah. this one little yeah. girl, as they call her, or whatever. Mm. Yeah. So they were like, ah, he'll just crumple, you know? Yeah, like 100 pounds, struggle with a girl, 100 pounds soaking wet. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But that crossfire situation <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> That's agree. just a bad tactical situation, man. Agreed. Um, and like I said, Gator gets deafened, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be. I, I was expecting that to be a thing. I was like, oh my god, a yep. show actually realistically displayed like how fucking loud a gun is right by your head. But I was expecting him to have like cotton in his ear and kind of like at eh, the rest of the yeah, season. But at that, least a couple of what's this episode. But next nope. e- next episode, no, no, no apparent, no apparent long term damage. But maybe he's faking it because he doesn't want people asking questions. But he's got the fucking cast on his wrist. Like, if people want yeah. to ask, like, what the fuck happened to you? Yeah, I don't get it. I think this cast is coming back in a big way. I think mm. I think that's going to get used as... Th- this is a Chekhov's cast, I think. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How's it going to get used? It's going to get used as a weapon or against him okay. or something. It's like gonna a battering get... ram or something? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Dot denies to the cops that any crime happened. Uh, Wayne is supportive and... Uh, Indira, that's her name. The cop is suspicious. Uh, she mentions that she's going to review the traffic cameras, which gets Dot real nervous. And they tell the cop to, uh, they tell Indira to contact them through their attorney from now on. I like, I like how lyrical some of this uh, dialogue is, like, and, and how people, you know, like, what, what does the Wayne say about sex? You want to take a tumble or have a tumble? And mm-hmm. then the cop says, you know, ask her questions about the balaclava in your bed boudoir. Uh, uh-huh. um, yeah, moist repose. I mean, there's a lot of really, yeah, really fun lines, dialogue in here. But this is just transparently ridiculous. Like her saying, you know, like, what about your blood type doesn't match the blood we found on the floor? She's like, oh, you know, hospitals and their records. I heard about this guy going to St. Paul for a kidney transplant, came out with a different brain. Uh-huh. And the cop's like, that doesn't sound accurate. But yeah. And Wayne's just backing her all the way because I really do feel like he's like, if I give her enough time to process this, she'll she'll come out. She's just she's in, she's in shell shock, you know. And this is leading into some of the uh, issues we're having in our society with truth and what is it, what are facts mm. anymore, right? Like if you can just conjure up an anecdote that is obviously on the face of it false and use that as reasoning to support your argument. Uh, enough people. How will are you going to like, yeah, 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 yeah. How do we hold people accountable for that stuff? And apparently we don't unless we go just investigate behind the scenes. 
Uh, I just keep I keep coming back to Chernobyl. You know, like Jerry Harry said, it, every lie told incurs a debt to the truth, and it, the the bill mm-hmm. will be paid one day. It's just how much pain and misery are you going to run up before them? Yeah. Oh, we'll be right back with Fargo. You're darn tootin'. The fountain of conversation continues. Here's more Fargo. So Danish Graves tells Lorraine what happened with Dot, and Lorraine is not buying Dot's lies. Thinks it might be a plot by Dot and Wayne to take what's hers, her money. And they start to formulate a plan to figure out what's really going on by dividing and conquering them. It's another big Lebowski reference here where Danish... uh, Suggest that maybe she kidnapped herself. Yeah, I thought there was a little bit of like burn after reading in this with um, uh, God. Who's the guy that plays J uh, uh, Omni Man and Jonah J Jameson and Spider Man? Uh, you know who I'm talking about, right? Yes. Thank you, Talitha, our producer with the assist, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons is like the head of the CIA and his underlings are reporting about this crazy situation mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, like I felt like <laughs> there's a little bit of Lorraine in that, like kind of, you know, in the early, it's like early goings to try to piece together this thing that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also thought it's interesting how her speech about her son's marriage and the debt that she's incurred is almost identical to Roy's. Okay, yeah. You I mean, know, they're, like, they're two peas in a pod. I mean, they're, they're, a lot of their philosophies are very similar about people's roles in society and the way things should be and stuff I like that. I feel like they're P and anti-P. Like, you get some dilithium crystals, you got warp drive there. Like, this, it's, you know, it's not one's quite a ci- One's a city pod. girl, the other's a country boy. I think there might be mm. some friction there. But, but philosophically, I don't think they're that far apart. Yeah, it's just that... Um, it's like sound waves pitched at different frequencies cancel each other out. I, yeah, they, okay. they definitely have yeah. the same worldview. It's just the supremacy of who's on top, I think, is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's move on to Roy taking a dip in his hot tub when Gator comes up to give him the info about Dot's new life. And then the FBI shows up. And they want to know why he's not enforcing any of their federal laws. And he claims he is the law. He judge dreads him and then goes on at length about what that means before dismissing them. Uh, I love the fact that the, his hillbilly hot tub, the exhaust is mounted at a head level. <laughs> uh-huh. That wind was... shifts, of course, because the guy's just <laughs> smoking cigarettes 24-7. Maybe he likes the wood pellet smoke. Maybe he... yeah. He likes that, yeah. Well, I was thinking, has anybody ever built a combo hot tub and smoker? Because why not throw some meat under that thing and get get your smoke on while you're taking a dip? Uh, I can think of no reason why someone shouldn't, and they someone should have already. Maybe my brother-in-law, because he just got a hot tub this year, and he's also weighing the smoking. So there, yeah, gonna, suggest it. Just put your hot tub for, on top of your smoker. For the holidays, I'm going to suggest, hey, have you ever thought about... <laughs> <laughs> yeah have you ever thought about mixing yeah. your chocolate milk and piss huh, huh? also but, the smoke uh, coming out right at head level would smell so much better you yeah get the true. meat smell in there oh man true make you hungry. um like i was like that doesn't know about koreans making cars that's got to be a bit right 
doesn't know about it like yeah because he's like it? My, yeah her husband works at a car dealership uh selling the korean cars like koreans make cars uh i guess what are there uh, only ford and uh, i don't know gm dealerships out there is that it i guess in the country? chrysler but he um there's also this uh it just i just like every detail he hears about his wife's new living experience his nose wrinkles a little bit more you know uh-huh. this isn't yeah. This isn't this isn't what the he envisioned for her at all. It struck me in this scene. We don't actually know her real name yet. Um, we don't. We know it's Dot, but he never gives her name as his wife, right? And we know that Dot is a phony name. True. True. So. Uh, but yeah, we talked about. We've kind of talked about a lot of this. The constitutional um, sheriff and his views on it, and. He gives this, you know, he does have a point about legal versus moral. You know, I do believe there's a distinction between what's legal and it's, you know. He, yeah, he gives, horse in a bathtub, no problem. Get it in there, wash it, scrub it up. Elks in sand, sandboxes, why not? Um, mm-hmm. But I don't like a singular person choosing what is the difference between legal and moral and what to enforce and not enforce. Yeah, this is the problem, right? He is yeah. the law. And that's... Yeah, we, we have a process where we all as a community decide those things. Mm-hmm. And then, then once we do, yeah, please make sure everyone goes along with these. Cause... Well, and his response is, you know, I was elected sheriff. The people have authorized me to take the law into my own hands. Uh, that's what he would say about that. And it's what he kind of does say in this scene. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And he's Which... bound by duty, blood, and tradition, and soil to, to do these things. Uh, that's the but, thing he's not an entirely ridiculous character and you do have to take him seriously um yeah d- d- both you know from a philosophical standpoint but also a physical standpoint like this man mm-hmm. i think could be a very dangerous man obviously um but they do a lot of stuff to undermine it too in this scene like that walkie talkie when when the feds drive up and they park, and he gets a walkie. To, uh, he gets a call over the radio saying the feds are here, and he says send them up. They're within eyeshot. They're like thirty feet from him. They parked mm-hmm. next to his hot tub. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's this like facade of a serious man. Yeah, that that he's keeping up. It's almost an appearance thing, like a head of state with bodyguards, and he's got dudes on his compound all the time. Right. But if you have a compound where the feds can pull up 30 feet from your most vulnerable position, what kind of compound and security is that really? And they're trying to get, because I, I did a little bit into these constitutional sheriffs. I guess there's been some pretty infamous standoffs with federal officials because, again, they don't, they believe America's upside down. They want to be the supreme rulers and the people in Washington state. So they have, like, there's been armed standoffs with the BLN, which. Bureau of Land Management, not Black Lives Matter. Oh, okay. Makes although, a lot more sense, actually, although, I think. Although, it's a more of a, it's, it's kind of a vertical industry for them. Um, sure, sure. But, 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 yeah. And I, I did also like the, because she's got this point, it's like, you know, what does freedom mean? Like, that's something I think we should debate more as Americans. Like, what is freedom mm-hmm. and liberty? You know, there's also nice to be free from a concern of a catastrophic health thing happening to you and impoverishing your whole family for generations. That's a form of freedom, you know, uh, that, that we don't enjoy this country. But I like how he threw back in his, his face. It's like, lady, if you don't know what freedom is, me saying the words ain't going to teach you. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, he was rhetorically effective against the federal yes. agents. I thought the federal agents got back the fuck off by his rhetoric. They they weren't ready. 
<laughs> more than his rhetoric. It's like got, it's like uh, a yeah, it's like a judge when they get a sovereign citizen in a courtroom. They're like, what, what, hmm. what, what, wait, wait, you're you're saying words that, that I'm not understanding. Yeah, it's because the philosophies come so far to left field. You're just you're not prepared to deal with them, right? You don't know the arguments because you haven't considered yeah. these crazy thoughts. You, you didn't get sent to law school to be taught that, oh, well, when there's the gold <laughs> fringe around the American flag, that's an admiralty flag, and that means this court is illegitimate, and oh, I need to be tried under... <laughs> I need to be... Court- Maritime yeah, it's, law, yeah. It's insane. Yeah, if you, if you want to laugh, Google Sovereign Citizen on YouTube. It's uh, you'll you'll have uh, just just a good old time watching people try not to get arrested and not to be have to pay taxes. Don't pay your taxes. Uh-huh. Not be put in prison just because they're not they're sovereign citizens of America. They're not like the sheeple, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't have social security numbers. <laughs> I've renounced. I really want to know what's going on with Roy's uh, frontal assault here, because the way that FBI agent reacts to it is not one of this man is inappropriately flashing me. It's kind of genuine disgust. I want to know what's well, happening. John's up. ham is fairly um, legendary. It's up there with uh, Justin Thoreau in terms of of, of, of of menace. It's its size that makes it offensive. So, I, well, I don't I, I, or just shocking, shocking mm-hmm. to one. The, the thing is, is they, they taped that hog up, man. I was expecting to see some danglage because the angle and the way he spread his legs and oh, yeah, yeah. you got to see like that there the opportunity was there yeah this is typical typical hollywood stuff right it's a rare movie that will actually let the let the dangle happen yeah penises are are threatening i get it yeah. uh but but like from the i don't know i did they digitally paint it out because there should have there should have been and is it a hot know. tub you can't say you can't argue shrinky dink because of the Fargo nature. He's getting right out of a hot tub. Uh, look, man, I've seen this episode once. I missed the nipple rings altogether, so I definitely didn't pick up no dangle. Uh, no, I was looking for it. And describe I, and I was these nipple it. rings I, for people who might have missed it because I missed it. They're like the horseshoe style. They're like a U with two balls at the end. And um, oh, I thought you like literally meant horseshoes. Like this was a symbol of his ranch or something. <laughs> he had his nipples pierced with actual horseshoe. Yeah, man. They're like rings. these five pound nipple weights, just dangling, just just <laughs> pulling those suckers out, man. Oh, I would have picked up on giant horseshoes. <laughs> but you know what I mean, I miniature horseshoes. Notes. Yeah, no, and and uh, you know, uh, standard horseshoe lore would say that horseshoes painted down are unlucky or pointed down are unlucky because they can't hold yeah. the luck. They got to be pointed up to, to catch the luck and hold it. So, and this man, this masculine superhero, uh, this crusader for tradition uh, in men's roles, is piercing his nipples. Are you saying that nipple rings are not masculine? I'm saying that he would say that a hundred percent and yet he has them you know we just watched napoleon last night were his nipple did i miss pierced Joaquin no Phoenix i was just nipple? going like okay. is there is is, is it turned is he going to be like an actual power bottom for somebody like because that's potentially yeah i mean that's this that can be the stereotype right yeah you yeah. you protest too much about your masculinity yeah. but um yeah, I don't know. You don't you don't you don't see on a guy like Roy, you don't see nipple rings often. No. That was but, interesting. Uh, that's that's and it's nothing it's they're not illegal or immoral, apparently, in his eyes. He does have a Roy Tillman towel that he covers himself in. He's he very sure much does. wrapped up in his own image. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> I wouldn't mind having one of those for the beach. 
That'd be pretty sick. A Roy Tillman? T- I don't know. You yeah. might want to see the whole series before you go buying a Roy Tillman <laughs> Maybe. gear. I think I've already seen enough to know that like yeah. you don't be ironically funny, but but yeah, also how would it play? You'd get a lot of people uh, coming up to you right on, man. Right, right. On. that's true. That's true. Go down to the paint handle of Florida. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> want to go shooting? Yeah. Uh-huh. Kinda. Sure, why not? Uh, all right, let's move on. Dot and Scotty arrive home to find Lorraine waiting for them. Lorraine asks. Oh, wait, Dot, did we, the one thing oh. we didn't touch on is like the whole reason the FBI is there is not just because he's not enforcing the law, but they're also intimating that he's involved with a bunch of illegal activities. Okay. Yeah, important. What is an, I, I, what is a county sheriff in North Dakota? Like, like what? Yeah, like what kind of fucking illegal activities? Like, we've seen the type of illegal activities that are happening. It's all done mm-hmm. by these kind of like trucker gangs. Never seen like the law super involved with it so this this might be a little yeah. bit of a, a nakedly corrupt cops kind of storyline too yeah we'll see all right dot and scotty arrive home to find lorraine waiting for them uh lorraine sits down with dot and asks about the abduction dot sticks to her story but lorraine thinks she's up to something and she makes a threat of cutting wayne out of her will uh and thereby her unless dotty uh dot leaves him and dot says uh, changes demeanor here. It says, if you want to tussle with me, you better sleep with both eyes open because nobody takes what's mine and lives. And then Lorraine leaves. There's a couple of interesting things I think that they're doing here because we know that Dodd is not a true lion, but I thought it was interesting that Lorraine, when she's saying someone came for you and you got away and now you're lying about it. Mm-hmm. I think they're suggesting that she is becoming more of like Lorraine's image of a lion. I know she's clearly it's about lies, but I think there's a little interesting uh, verbal wordplay there. Yeah, she congratulates her for standing up for herself when the kidnapper came yeah. in, right? Like, you almost fought them off. Well, good. She she literally, like, that's the only thing she's ever said to Dot that has been positive. And then I thought it was interesting that um, Jerome, who I thought seemed pretty cool for being this woman's major domo, being real cool with Scott, Scotty mm-hmm. about, you know, in Star you know, Wars and Jedi and ninja stuff. Samurai. But he says, calls her, calls her young Skywalker. Mm-hmm. I think that plays into the, the Roy as her secret father, you know, the secret villainous <laughs> okay, father that yeah. you have. And you actually sure. being raised uh, like the, with this uh, image of a mild mannered kind of good guy. Uh huh. I could yeah. see it. I feel more clever about this if it wasn't like I think pretty much nakedly rolled out like this is like doesn't feel like a big secret to figure out it feels like it's just the way it is yeah I think you're probably onto something there uh, Lorraine continues being awful toward Scotty like there there have been we didn't mention it in the early uh, earlier episode but doing a lot of like playing with femininity and masculinity with Scotty and Lorraine is not having any of it she's like oh i see you're wearing lipstick and then no Mm -hmm. it just turns out to be ketchup and you can see how disappointed she is by that yeah and thank god that scotty is like seems to be oblivious to it she really isn't getting any of the grandma's poise like she She will that's the thing that's the thing i look at this like four years down the line and i'm like "Ah, she will it's gonna suck yeah it's a tragedy it seems like there's a lot of parents and grandparents that are good grandparents and parents for like little boys and girls but kind of shit parents and grandparents for going into adulthood and having their own ideas about things they yeah anything that colors outside their lines yeah yeah she's definitely that type and it's so it's so passive aggressive with her too you know Mm -hmm. 
that's the thing. It, is, it feels a little bit like that Minnesota Nice thing that she's got going on. She won't come out and say, you're a girl. You should be dressing like a girl. You should be doing girly things. But she implies it so heavily that the adults get it, but the kid doesn't. I am beyond curious to see Dot's background because like, I almost feel like there might be a pre-Roy like there's too much to her going on, but I don't know. Maybe also Roy just trained her to be like some kind of like wilderness survivalist expert shot, and she <laughs> just got all these these crazy survival skills because she, I don't know. But I don't know. I'm very curious to see what how these backgrounds uh, evolve. Yeah, we'll see. Um, and Lorraine's so petty too. Just like go get some iron in your diet. You look like a corpse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on the way out because she's got to score another point before you know because yeah. she was just threatened herself right yeah and kind of credibly i think lorraine was mm-hmm. on her back feet her back he off her back foot on this like she i agree when she dropped that accent and came right at her and be like look bitch mm-hmm. it it yeah it definitely made her sit up a little straighter in her chair so Dot goes to the bathroom and examines her bruises while I I think maybe worrying about Roy pursuing her. There's a, a little shot here of Roy kind of in her mind. Yeah. And Scotty's hungry, so they decide to make a vegetable medley and do crafts, which is code for upgrading their home security system, which is code for booby trapping the entire house. Yeah, home aloneing the entire house to Grand uh-huh. Funk Railroad. Um, this is, I, 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 yeah, this is just unhinged Kevin McAllister shit. Bare wires across the window threshold. Mm-hmm. This, this hair trigger sledgehammer seems particularly scary. I, I kept, I kept worrying for Wayne when he walks yeah, in the dude. door. What's going to happen? Are you, he's going to open this door and get blasted with a sledgehammer. Yeah. Especially since he bumped into the trigger. I'm actually kind of uh-huh. surprised. Uh huh. I was kind of yeah. wondering if they were going to go for, um, season one Fargo and have like the one, the spouse killed the other, the hammer uh-huh. uh, accidentally versus maliciously. Um, but <laughs> it's no, the hammer didn't. of Damocles, right? It's like, who will the hammer fall on? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's going to fall on somebody. I got to say, this is a ninja loving kids dream mom. Oh, can you imagine if you're, I mean, honestly, if I was nine years old and my mom just had a wild hair, it's like, let's booby trap the whole house. I'd be like, Oh my God. <laughs> I've You're been waiting for years yeah. for you to say that. Yeah. It, uh-huh. it, it, and it's, it's another saving grace. Like Scotty just doesn't get it. Scotty doesn't yep. understand how unhinged her mom is behaving right now. Well, I mean, she's responding to some very real danger here. I don't, I don't think this is necessarily unhinged the way she goes about it. Yes. But like the trauma response and the fear is, yeah, no, is legitimate. You're right. You're right. But I'm saying like under the circumstances that she's purporting that she didn't in fact get kidnapped and it's she's just crazy all very talk. chill yeah. yeah yeah for sure uh let's go over to danish at wayne's office at the dealership um he puts lorraine on speakerphone while they interrogate him and they tell wayne that dot's planning to steal lorraine's money he's not buying it uh this is a very good comedic scene this the is the second time I laughed out loud, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's mostly Wayne's reaction to the situation that mm-hmm. makes me laugh. Where it's, it's just... like, oh, it's a joke. Oh, it's not a joke. Oh, I can appeal to this man, this grown uh-huh. man, not to hit me. As he's grown slowly man. Get, rising from his chair, leaning forward, <laughs> cocking back the arm. Yeah. 
and just yeah it was a hell of a backhand too that yep. was a lot better of a stroke than uh lars there with his, go- with his golf simulator <laughs> yeah. yeah that's some good form got some distance <laughs> totally uh is slash slap him as as you're my attorney i authorize you to knock his block off <laughs> yeah his, you can't her, you can't do that her literal right hand you know yep and Indeed. now he's back at the kitty table uh, he says something that's true here. He says not everything's about money. And in this case, I think we know this is not about money. And that's weird to say in a season of Fargo, which, you know, kind of always revolved around the money, you know, the yeah, briefcase of money. I was going to say, remember the first two or three seasons where we yeah. thought this would somehow tie into the briefcase? And I don't think I'm I don't think I'm looking for that, but I'm uh, not. But it was interesting yeah. to see him say that it's not about money and be right in this case. This is about whatever the hell is going on in Roy's head about yeah. ownership over Dot, I would I would describe it as. You could also say it's about freedom in Dot's mind. Yeah, absolutely, like she yeah. Like, Roy's idea of freedom is diametrically opposed to Dot's. You know, yes. like she doesn't want to live in that little cloistered, taken-in-hand patriarchal bullshit. Yeah. It's the freedom to live a satisfying life. Yeah. Uh, is is the way that she's interpreting that freedom. Mm-hmm. And I think she's entitled to that. All right. Indira goes to the hospital to talk with the trooper who encountered the kidnappers in the first episode. Uh, and she says she has a picture of Dot that she'd like to, to look at and see if it matches the woman at the service station. Gator shows up, though, before he can get a look at it. And he takes a picture. He gets a look at it. And then he deletes it before she can confirm the identity with the trooper. And then he adds home. I like this scene a lot. I, it, it's got some of the best dialogue. I really like that sheriff saying, the woman I knew broke loose like she knew how small the cage can get. It's mm-hmm. a great line. Um, I thought it was interesting that he calls the cop uh, uh, Indrina. Adrina? Indira, I think. Indira. I, yeah, those. I Olmstead. feel like it's a random... I, I'm always randomizing the vowels and consonants in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, he calls her city girl. Would you care to guess the population of Scandia City? Wait, was it Beluga or whatever that was 4,000? Because I thought you told me earlier. Oh, did I? Yeah, okay. Yeah, Yeah, Scandia is 4,000. Beulah Beulah. is (laughs) 3,000. Feels like, I mean, is that saying something about how rural the county in North Dakota they are? Is that like... Totally. A four thousands population city because like my our town was small when we were growing still is mm-hmm. I think it's got fifteen thousand people in and out ten thousand people that's a small ass town yeah four thousand is like yeah a little less than I half mean, that I've definitely seen smaller but but it's mm-hmm. that, that's not the city that's for damn sure not the city yeah uh, I agree but he's he's intrigued by it too right and I. He, but he, I here's where it's like you, you, we we talked about whether he's dumb or not and you said oh well he played off the deleting thing smart but I want to say that like that's the only smart thing he did in this scene everything else he did or said set alarm bells off and all both of these like not enough to be like yeah. you're a bad guy but I think one more thing mm-hmm. he makes a joke of himself when he says something about kicking ass and then hits his vape and then turns oh around with stupid God. sunglasses on his head on the back oh of his God. head <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The whole like, uh, you know, it's the whole, it's the whole job protecting serve. I'm down with protecting, mm-hmm. and I ain't in the service industry. He's, 
yeah, I felt like, and then he comes back out. He's like, consider that bitch flummoxed. I'm like, ah, uh, you inconvenienced her. She can call her partner yeah. and be like, hey, can you text me that picture again? I don't even have to leave the hospital. I don't have to leave this room. And also, you might have delayed them a minute or two, mm-hmm. but you are now on these people's radar. True. They're going to yeah. know the asshole from Clark County that's talking about Beulah. You are going to, and you got a cast on your arm. That's something I'd like to ask about. Yeah, I feel like he, he's a moron that fucked up that situation. Yeah, you could be onto something because uh, she is very much not done with this. Flawless farmer's hanky, uh, Joe. Joe executed where you know you do you plug one nostril and you you send out oh. the snot rocket away from your body. You know, is that what that's called? The Kleenexless Kleenex. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, really paints a picture of the guy. Uh huh. All right. Wayne arrives home and he sees the security upgrades Dot has made. He's horrified and he tells Dot that he had a visit from Lorraine and that her story is just not making sense to Lorraine. Um. And that the security story, you know, doesn't make a lot of sense to him either, honestly. And she blames it all on the school board brawl and says, we can get back to normal once we take care of a few things. Uh, She kind of appeals to him to upgrade their security, spend a little money on the security, which I think he's going to have to go to Danish for to authorize some trust money to be doled out for that security Mm -hmm. system. We'll see how that plays out. But then the family just sits down for dinner. Uh, I thought this there's this kind of was mildly funny. I liked uh, the the zombie killer bat, although this is a pretty direct reference to Steve's bat from Stranger Things, right? Like oh, I, yeah. I looked up a screenshot. It's almost it's almost like a prop replica. Mm-hmm. The pattern nails. I mean, it's a it's a it's a nail bat. What do you what do you want? But I thought that was pretty funny. Um, and then how she's like, well, you know, Han, I'm not asking you to get long guns. And she's like, he's like, oh, I don't know. Should later, should I buy a gun? And she's like, yeah, we should get a, sh- should get a shotgun and maybe a and pistol and, and yeah. like a shotgun is a long gun. So she goes from like, I'm not asking you to long guns to enthusiastically asking him to get them. And until you saw it off and then it's yeah, not a long well, that's gun. true. It won't stay long for, for long. If, 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 uh, I know if I'm getting what dots picking up here. Mm-hmm. But I just, I just felt for Wayne, man, because he's like, I just want to play fl- play floor hockey with Scotty in my socks and watch the Real Housewives. And well, she just wants to watch Home Alone. Like when she suggests, maybe we get shotguns, maybe we get pistols, a net, maybe <laughs> like a net. <laughs> okay, well now you're back in Home Alone territory. Do, does she love Wayne? I think so. Yeah. It's hard to go on because she's like she's been traumatized a bunch. Uh-huh. Um, so it's like I, you know, like her turning him down for sex and whatnot. It's like you can't read too much into that. Yeah, and I yeah. know she for sure loves Scotty. Seems like she takes that like that part of stuff totally. real serious. But I, I don't know enough. And I'm, I'm. It's a, it's one of the questions I'm wanting to investigate. Is like, does she really love Wayne, or is Wayne just the total opposite of Roy, and he feels safe? Because he is the total opposite. If you're trying to get away, if you're yeah. running as far away from Roy as you can, you will arrive at Wayne. Absolutely. And I, I don't know that there would be much of a distinction in her mind, right? If, if Assuming the reasons she ran away from Roy are like domestic abuse situations. If she encounters a man like Wayne, I think she could absolutely view her feelings, whether anybody else would describe them as love as such. Okay, and I think Wayne's lovable. I mean, I think he's—he yeah. he's, he seems he's, like a good guy. He's cute, he's funny, 
seems like he's a good father yeah even into in the same thing she's into weird circumstances right ride okay. or die for Dottie. that's Absolutely. the thing it's like i yeah he she is the moon mm-hmm. his dream girl as he says mm-hmm. uh my, my dream come true i think it's actually this scene yeah uh then we get one last scene here where the the gator and his uh partner here i don't know are driving home gator stops into the same service station where the shootout occurred somehow does not notice that this place had a shootout occur or anything uh while he's inside the surviving kidnapper old munch murders his driver and leaves a message for gator that says you owe me yeah i was curious about why he decided because he knows about this shootout because he referenced it to roy and mm-hmm. it is also really i think this is another kind of grimly funny thing because this is my uh two t- 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 like two people got killed in a shootout in this convenience store and it's open the next day with like yeah. you know they cardboard just mop the on floors, the and... put the cardboards on the doors and start slinging your caffeine nicotine gasoline all the things americans need to run right oh, of course uh, yeah but like I kind of I, I thought they were going for he wanted to stop there for a particular reason, you know, because like as he's look, he's kind of looking thoughtful. It's like, hey, let's pull over here. I need to take a piss. But he needs to comes out for jerky and stuff. I thought that at and, first, too. Yeah. Yeah. So like why well, I'm not sure why I'm not sure why Holly filmed it that way, because we both got the impression. The impression was wrong. They really only stopped there for months to I- kill one of them and send the message. I guess it's just an assumption I made that like he had he, he was trying not to raise the suspicions of his driver just pass it off as oh, I gotta go to the bathroom whatever pull over here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I made a lot of assumptions at the beginning of the scene that turned out to be wrong yeah maybe and and maybe I made the assumptions based on something I saw or maybe not maybe just my assumption based on what I know because I'm not even sure he knows does he know the lo- he obviously doesn't know that this is location right all he said that, that his his he said that there was a shoot um when he talked in his he, area in his county yeah and he's, he's his name checks Beulah like I can't imagine that he wouldn't so he's yeah so I guess this is the only service station in Miles and he just it might know, be he knows it happened remote. here he's just stopping in to use a bathroom and get jerky or maybe he did something in there that we'll appreciate later maybe. But I don't, I don't think the gas station had any significance other than it was the closest one that the cop ran to. It's not like this mm-hmm. is their headquarters or, yeah. Um, the other thing, I saw some people discussing about whether this was more evidence that Munch is a supernatural entity that that he's just like shows up out of nowhere and kills this guy. But I think it's, he clearly is from this area and he knows Roy and he would know that maybe he's just following them. Yeah, I don't think I, you I have to appeal... It to black magic to figure out how he, he would find these guys in their police car yeah, driving back from Scandia along the only road that probably goes to their. Yeah. So especially if he's looking for revenge, right? They tried to kill him. Um, yeah. Again, I'm that, not saying he's not supernatural. I'm just saying, I don't, I think this is poor evidence of it to, to me. This is playing more like if you want to go supernatural, like a Michael Myers, like a Jason, that kind of thing. Uh, Cause they're playing mm-hmm. this as Halloween at the beginning of the scene from, Another Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas. I think it's the third one. Which Halloween, obviously, the uh, Michael Myers franchise. So, And he comes up like a killer out of nowhere, murders somebody. 
I, I think they're going for that more than anything. Where he may yeah. not be supernatural entirely, but he's definitely like this larger than life force. All right. Maybe not in the Lauren Malvo kind of way, but in a Michael Myers kind of way. Well, is that all we have? I think we're at the end of the episode. Um, eight more yeah, left. Do you think uh, FX Hulu is kicking themselves for not getting the show out two months ago when they could really take advantage of the Halloween yeah, maybe. environments? That would have been just nice. Wasn't, just wasn't possible with all the striking and whatnot. It's a shame because mm-hmm. I do feel like maybe it would have fit the aesthetic, but who knows? This could be, you know, just be the first couple episodes and then we progress in the winter. But uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, because I'm feeling the shift. I'm definitely feeling the shift towards the Christmas mode <laughs> here the week of uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, and it's not a very snow-filled season of Fargo, which, you know, they haven't all been, but a lot of them have been. I felt like at when they were sh- right, right there around that Beulah, Beulah field, filling station, wasn't there some, like, like, like a dusting of snow on the ground? Yeah, it just wasn't, you know, the heavy covering yeah, that we expect that from a Fargo. Yeah, may I hope we do. I hope we get to there. Um, mm-hmm. We're gonna be covering we'll it during the winter anyway. Well, hey, that's gonna be it for our coverage of the first two episodes of this season of Fargo. Curious to see what you guys and gals thought. If you like to send us your thoughts, Fargo at baldmove.com is how you do that. Um, as you might expect, since these episodes just finished airing less than twelve hours ago, I think the like literally with all the com- commercials and whatnot, I, I think the last one ended right around one a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I've not had a chance to accrue a lot of feedback on Fargo, but uh, we'll be back next week to talk about it at the end of the podcast. Fargo at baldmove.com. If you want to know what else we're doing this winter in terms of movies and stuff, I just talked about we just saw Napoleon last night. We're going to be seeing Silent Night next week. We're also picking up... Uh, um, we're, not, we're, we're not picking up. We're in the middle of uh, For, All For All Mankind Mind. on Apple TV on the the prestige feed if you want to know what else we're doing a uh, great way to follow along is on our social media is at bald move everywhere except for tiktok we're at baldest move and then finally if you'd like to get our podcast ad free and lots more bonus audio and video content check us out at support.baldmove.com we could use your, he- uh, use your help that's going to be it for this week at fargo until next time i'm your host aaron and i'm jim okay then <laughs>